0: You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 56, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, or Santa Hates Misfits.
1: Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. I'm your host, Morgan Stradling. Here with my amazing, incredible co hosts, Chelsea Robson and Mason Smith.
0: I want to be a dentist.
2: <laughs> Ready, Santa?
0: <laughs> Ready, Santa. He sounds like it's that, that line just sounds like um, Harry Potter 1, where, it's like, where Harry Potter is very like checkmate. Don't oh, yeah. forget. We're still playing. <laughs> was like, Learn your lines a little better, Ratcliffe. But anyway.
1: So for those of you who are new to the show, we are the Animation Addicts Podcast. We are a show that covers animated films of past and present. And today we are going way back into the past, 1964. And we are talking about the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Christmas Special by Rankin Bass. It's going to be a good time, a jolly, holly jolly Christmas. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Basically. I, I agree. Have
0: yeah. <laughs> a holly jolly Christmas. It's best
1: time of the year. I don't know if there'll be snow, but have a cup of cheer. Have a holly jolly Christmas. And when you walk down the Let's street, go on to our special segment. So kind of to break the ice, we decided that we are going to talk about our favorite animated Christmas specials. And right now on the website, we are doing the animation 12 days of Christmas. So each day is kind of like our frozen but little mini version. The last 12 days before Christmas, we are putting a new article on the site. That's just sort of a review of an old animated Christmas special or Christmas movie, um, or maybe your thoughts on it. um, For example, Blake, one of our writers, he did one, which was called why everyone in and Rudolph needs to take a chill pill and he breaks down each character <laughs> and talks about how like rude they are and over the top and it's it's perfect because as I was watching this movie to prepare I'm like oh my gosh he's so right everyone is so uptight mm-hmm. so definitely check out therotoscopers.com slash 12 days of Christmas and you'll find all those articles there so let's open up to you guys Chelsea and Mason what are your favorite animation Christmas specials
0: well, let's see. Well, actually, Rudolph itself is part of our um, our Christmas celebration spread. So well, there's, there's live action films that we always have to watch, like Elf and Home Alone. Although Home Alone is like barely a Christmas movie, you know, but um, uh, we'll do Rudolph if we catch it on TV. I think Frosty is almost always after Rudolph. So we'll tolerate that and we'll watch that. And let's see what else. Oh, Charlie Brown Christmas is super essential we usually have to like protest in front of the cable people uh cable company just to get get them to put it on air but i think they've caught the hint by now over the years and now they just play it uh, <laughs> so we watch that how the grinch stole christmas the animated one is also, also a standard for our family oh yes and then uh i catch the garfield christmas get- special whenever it's on
2: i my favorite uh, aside from all those that you just watched we always watched A Year Without a Santa Claus also by Rankin Bass. Have you guys ever seen that one? I have. Only so a few good. times. I just for whatever reason, I have no idea why, but it's like with this was a year without a Santa Claus. I just I it's always in my head and I always need to watch it every year. Man, I think Obviously, Charlie Brown Christmas,
1: Rudolph, and Frosty are kind of the staple top three ones that are shown every year. Probably everyone has them in their family's favorite movies to watch. We owned Rudolph and Frosty on VHS. So I definitely watched those quite a few times. Um, Frosty, just just the, ver- the very first thing he says when he like, puts his hat on his head, Happy birthday! It's kind of like Gus from <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of other animated ones. I've seen majority of the Rankin-Bass ones, but I wouldn't say those are like ones that I would watch every single year. They have a little drummer boy, which is pretty nice. But definitely another one which we owned on VHS was Mickey's Christmas Carol. Uh, oh, yes. So I loved that movie. And I don't remember if we had like a real version or like a taped over version. Whatever it was, it was awesome. There's actually a lot of cameos from different Disney characters in this. So, for example, yeah. there's the the G- Willie the Giant from Mickey and the Beanstalk, Pete and Goofy. And so they all kind of play these different yeah. roles. So it's fun to see your favorite Disney characters and and figure out, oh, well, what character would they play in the Christmas Carol story? So that's definitely one of my favorite ones. And, you know, of course... Uh, good old Scrooge McDuck is is what's that
0: guy? <laughs> is in? Scrooge?
1: Scrooge, Duh, Scrooge. <laughs> is
0: Ebenezer Scrooge.
1: <laughs> so that's that's definitely a classic. That's probably one of my favorites.
0: No, I, f- I forget about uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol. See, there's this ongoing debate on whether this whether puppet m- motion is is animation or not. I'm going to say it is. But uh, we've been watching Muppet Christmas Carol the past couple of years. Uh, we really like that one. Because we love Muppets, and that one's kind of cool too. Because the whole Muppet like ensemble shows up for that show. You got like Sir Michael Caine as as Avenue Scrooge He does a fantastic job. It, I really like that one. I definitely watch it more than Mickey's Christmas Carol, but I, I do like that one too.
2: Now that I'm remembering, I I really did always watch Mickey's Christmas Carol because I had that one on VHS. And of like a bunch of those new ones that just got put on Netflix, I had and I was watching them the other day. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I totally remember this one, like Prince and the Popper, and things like that. So all of those for me were very essential to my holiday lineup.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a, a recipe that you need, like a sequence that you need in order in the proper place. And then it's Christmas, you know, you know, exactly. and then we're having, then now we're having a great time for Christmas. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise something is just like, oh, uh, we're just like sitting around looking at each other. And this is awkward. You know, uh, it might be Christmas Carol. Okay. You Back know, when
2: they used to stare at each other all day, got, got very, very boring,
0: got very boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's just something about a good old uh, Christmas special.
1: There, somehow animation became something that they did for Christmas specials. So, every well everyone has a christmas special nowadays but particularly claymation and stop motion animation has become synonymous with these christmas specials which
0: is yeah there were so many
1: well for example there's some new honda commercials and i've seen quite a few commercials that maybe um will hire a stop motion studio so they can get the look of you know rudolph or some of these rankin bass and the for their holiday specials er, for their holiday commercials, they'll have these stop-motion commercials. They're trying to play off that nostalgia of what these films have done.
0: Yeah. Is there a recent Christmas special in, like, the last, uh, let's say, 10 years that y'all like to watch that's animated? Uh, I can't think of any.
2: Yeah, it, they kind of trailed off there for a while.
0: Yeah, when Madagascar came out, we would watch the Penguin's Christmas Caper uh, every once oh, in a nice. while, because I like those penguins. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I haven't seen any recent ones that at least stand out on top of mind. Um,
0: there's like uh, there's Shrek the Halls over uh, over with I DreamWorks. Mm-hmm. I don't think they did a Kung Fu Panda Christmas special, did they? Or uh, I th- wait, I, would you would you call um, Bell's Enchanted Christmas uh, a Christmas special?
1: Yeah, definitely. but um, oh yeah, but not within the past ten years, right? Yeah,
0: def- definitely not. <laughs>
1: um, speaking of Christmas specials. Chelsea, so I got an email from someone, and it says, I was wondering if you could do an episode on the He-Man slash She-Ra Christmas special. It's a lot of fun and very cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes! <laughs> so, Chelsea, I, I don't think we're going to do a full episode right now, because we've already chosen Rudolph. But, Chelsea, I, I'm sure you've seen this, and I want you to give a little mini-review.
0: <laughs> Chelsea, I didn't know you were a He-Man she-thing. What, what's her name? She-Ra. Shira. Okay, sorry. I didn't know you were a He-Man Shakira fan. Um,
2: <laughs> I, I do enjoy Shira and Shakira, yes.
0: <laughs> well, all right.
2: Actually, okay. Honestly, I haven't been able to see the Christmas special, but I have watched what? every other He-Man special, including commentary. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of He-Man fan are you? I've seen them all, but the one you're talking about right now. <laughs>
0: I know. How much commentary can you make about He-Man?
2: No, there's a fantastic, like, Morgan got me a set of DVDs for Christmas one year of all the He-Mans because for whatever reason growing up I just really loved that show. Like I have three older brothers and so they would always watch it and I just enjoyed it. And so she got it for me and they all have they've got commentary, they've got like extended scenes and like a whole bunch of fun stuff on there. And I was just like, Oh, this is amazing but I never I th- it's got to be on Netflix or something. I'm sure, so I need to repent and actually watch that.
0: <laughs> I love you, this. You go and watch that He Man special. <laughs> We're
2: a of this, this. We're a of What's the
0: matter with spits? That's very medium.
1: Okay, so for our main discussion, we are talking about Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeer. He had a very shiny nose. Back in 1964, a little studio called Rankin-Bass, they produced a Christmas special, which was stop motion, and it has been a Christmas sensation ever since. Um, it has always, every year since 1964, this movie has actually aired on TV, making it the longest running Christmas special of all time.
0: Wow. Yeah. Impressive. They, okay, so the so rankin Bass they went on to make the special, and it was actually kind of a... It, it was like a TV special, but also kind of like a big commercial for General Electric, right? Yeah. Yeah, the original cuts of the, of the special include a lot of, like, tie-ins of General Electric products. So the animated Ls would be, like, introducing, like, GE small appliances.
1: Yeah, when you would cut to a commercial break traditionally, they just, instead of, you know, cutting to a, a random commercial, they just in that place had commercials that were that included the elves yeah
0: yeah so it was kind of like a a deal for general electric for a while but then in the later cuts it's like totally cut out and you can't even tell which is good. <laughs> but yeah, like, that's kind of the, I guess that's kind of the background on it. And it aired on CBS.
1: So it aired Sunday, December 6th, 1964. So we are almost on the 50th anniversary of wow. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Earring Deer. So if you're listening to this in 2014, it is the 50th anniversary. But that's crazy. This is nearly 50 years old.
2: Happy birthday to you.
1: And still timeless, in my opinion. Totally. Yeah, um, no
0: kidding. This is one of those, those shows that never becomes irrelevant.
1: Yeah, even though the animation is very primitive in a way, the stop motion isn't the cleanest or the best. The story and the characters and the music, they're timeless. Mm-hmm. And you see past maybe some of its imperfections because
2: it gives it so much charm. Mm-hmm. The canon of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer starts back all the way back to Robert L. May, and he was the creator of Rudolph in 1939. It was an assignment from Montgomery Ward. The retailer wanted to create a series of coloring books for Christmas, and they decided that they wanted to create their own story in order to save money doing it. And so they commissioned him to, you know, create something. And so he created Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Um, it started out actually; he didn't know what he was going to name it. So he started out. There was Rollo and Reginald, and those oh, were Rollo. <laughs> right. Those were all possible names until he finally decided on Rudolph, which honestly much better than Rollo. <laughs> I, I'll agree there. <laughs> Rollo the red-nosed reindeer. <laughs>
0: yeah. Hey, Rudolph only lives once. Right. Um.
2: <laughs> so in its first year of publication, over 2.5 million copies of Rudolph's story were sold. It was actually written to the meter of Twas the Night Before Christmas. So years later, Johnny Marks, his brother-in-law adapted that story into a song which gene autry then later recorded and it hit number one on the billboard charts in 1949 and it sold over 2.5 million copies that first year and eventually sold about 25 million copies up until like the 80s or so and up until the 80s it was the best-selling record of all time here's the really cool part about this whole story Arthur Rankin of Rankin and Bass was actually neighbors with Johnny Marks. And years after it became this huge hit, Arthur Rankin came up to Johnny and was like, hey, um, can we do a story about this together? (laughs) And that's how this whole thing got started. And at that point in time they had Johnny Marks become the composer and we'll talk a little bit more about him later but that's the story of how this whole thing became a movie. Well, well, well. Who knew? That's a small world. Right?
1: Yeah. Just really a awesome.
0: com- just a comment on the song there. I would have I would love to have lived in a time when the top Billboard chart song was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs>
2: Well, the best part about it is Johnny Marks, who is the composer of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, he was an American songwriter, he was also Jewish. Oh sweet. <laughs> but the thing is like he specialized in writing Christmas songs, which I just find very bizarre. But he's he wrote The Most Wonderful Day of the Year, Jingle Jingle Jingle, A Holly Jolly Christmas, Silver and Gold, When Santa Claus Gets Your Letter, A Merry Merry Christmas, The Night Before Christmas Song, Everyone's Child at Christmas, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree, and I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day.
0: But, like those are He didn't Did he do I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day? Yeah. I thought that was an old, like, British hymn.
1: I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day is a Christmas carol based on the 1863 poem Christmas Bells by American poem, poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. <laughs> then um, what's
0: the what's the song that we sing at, at, at church?
1: That is it. That's that's the song. Or, no, no. He set the poem to music. There we go.
0: Okay, so a holly jolly Christmas, <laughs> was that invented in the Rudolph Christmas special? Mm-hmm. Because so that's, like, a big deal. It's the one that's one that they sing all the time. Yeah. Silver and gold I hear every once in a while on the old Christmas radio station. That's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. How do you measure its worth? Burl Ives, man. What a snowman.
1: What a snowman. I love that it looks Bur- like him. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. And then he, like, sort of comes back in Elf. That's what I don't get. Because that's not Burl Ives, is it?
2: What? No, Burl Ives he-
0: died. Right. He calls him Leon in Elf.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, they were parroting it.
0: <laughs> oh, man. I like jingle, 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 Jingle. I am old Kris Kringle. I'm the king of jingling. The, ger- the German version, Ich bin alt Kris Kringle. You know.
1: Uh, do you so speak another... German? <laughs> what?
0: I know enough to say I am old. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. But there's a lot of good songs. Like, we we pop in the soundtrack every Christmas and we listen, like, in my family. I love "We're a Couple of Misfits."
2: That's a good song, yeah. And then "The Island of Misfit Toys" is good.
0: <laughs> Except they cut out the part where they all talk about their problems. Yeah. <laughs> How about a boat b- that won't stay of afloat, <laughs> or a squake gun that squirts jelly? <laughs> like, who thinks of these things? Who made you guys?
2: Yeah, th- that's that's one of the questions. Like, did Santa's elves make these and then just like cast them away?
0: I bet there were like Sid-like rogue elves who made faulty toys, you know. <laughs> Man, all, Janie's all better now. Uh,
1: <laughs> it's the elves that got experimental and then uh, got fired.
0: Now here's the here's yeah, the big. This, this is
2: why everybody's so uptight. It's, it's, <laughs> don't go experimenting now.
0: You you stick to the blueprints and that's it. <laughs>
1: well yeah. okay i was gonna mention this when we got to that part but i'm like for the most part i see nothing wrong with these toys <laughs> these toys are just quirky and fun the girl
0: the doll the, what's wrong with her the,
1: uh, supposedly the only thing that's wrong with the doll is that she's emotionally unstable um meaning
0: com- <laughs> because meaning the- she's a communist and that's where they, they put her on the island that's the <laughs> message that they're trying no, to No, no, it's
1: she's she suffers from psychological problems because she feels unloved, and therefore she's a misfit.
0: Oh, therefore you you belong in an asylum if yeah. you feel that way. <laughs> way to go, Santa!
1: <laughs> oh, man. I
0: have a lot of problems with Santa Claus in this movie. I'm not gonna lie. Well, let's jump yeah. into it. Okay, oh, well, totally. if you really want to open this this box about the island of misfit toys, okay, well, so let's far, let's start the first part of the movie. Okay, first of all, Donner has a royal freak out because his son has a birth defect, <laughs> basically. <laughs> like I don't want to get on my like social soapbox here, but like Donner needs Please to like he re- Okay, I'm gonna get hold on. <clears throat> okay. People of Earth. Um first of all Donner like flips his shiz because uh his son has a red nose. Like he he doesn't think of the technological wonder that his son is. Of all the mutations in the gene <laughs> that could have trickled down, his son has a red nose that ser- serves as a power source. And the fact that they didn't capitalize on this, General Electric, that's a—that's er- ironic. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, quite, it's, it's shameful. Uh, first, Donner's such a jerk to his own son, he needs to be put down like the dog he is, in my opinion. Like, <laughs> really. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're
1: saying anyway, reindeer can't change?
0: It, okay, here's the deal. Okay, Donner does come to accept his son, but only after he gets like his major promotion in the ranks of reindeer. And then Santa comes barging in. Well, Donner, show me your awesome son. You know, very, very Spartan. I'm just going to inspect your baby, you know, just born. No, Um, he
1: was just going to give some well wishes. Okay, okay. (laughs)
0: okay. I'm going to make Morgan cry. (laughs) (laughs) No. But anyway, Santa comes up and he sees Rudolph, uh, and instead of thinking of the the genetic marvel that Rudolph is, he's like, "No, Donner, this this will not do." <laughs> he's like, "Fix this, Donner." Send it like, back. Donner's like, <laughs> Donner's like, I, I like can't take him back to the baby reindeer store. That's not how this works, Santa. Well,
1: actually, you know? apparently in one of the original versions, Rudolph was delivered in by stork. You know, by he...
0: a stork. Wow, yeah. that's old you know that stork sure brings out a lot of defective uh, you know infant animals like Dumbo you know Mm-hmm. I think there's like a liability issue there <laughs> for, the stork, for the stork transportation company <laughs> something is going on in the transfer of infant from, from place where infants come from to place where infants go to you know
2: <laughs> oh man am yeah. I getting
0: too irreverent about all this no, But it, no, <laughs> not okay so um, that's my problem with Santa because he's just like, you know, I run a tight ship, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know, it reminds me of other people who are like, if you don't physically look like the rest of us, you're an outcast.
2: No, here's the know? thing.
0: And that's as far as I'll go with Santa.
2: No, 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 Here's the thing. My commentary on Santa is, I mean, think about it. The entire social economic structure of this town is based on one man. He is the dictator <laughs> of, of S- S- Christmas Town. And everyone must conform to his thing. He's a communist. Yeah. Yeah, Why is he wearing red all the time?
0: Right, right. That's the, that's the conspiracy theory, right? (laughs) But, uh, But but you know who controls Santa is Mrs. Claus. Eat, Papa, eat. Wait, Russian accent. Bingo. Right there, Chelsea. (laughs) It's true.
2: (laughs) This whole time, I knew it.
0: (laughs) You got to cut Mrs. Claus some slack here. But um, I just, Santa's kind of a chump in this one. In this this one. Yeah, he's Uh, not
1: very jolly.
0: This is is the businessman, Santa. This is the CEO.
1: Totally. Like
0: like he, he needs a streamlined business model. Uh, And production model, he cannot have elves just going off with these weird aspirations of becoming dentists. You you know, he cannot he cannot have um cannot have defects in his transportation. Um, You know, he can't even have a
1: bad sounding choir.
0: It's true. He really can't.
1: Communist.
0: I don't know. There's different arguments, but um, but his wife uh, definitely there's something there.
1: You know, I love that that Santa's like a complete sham. You know, we have <laughs> well, because we have this idea in our heads that he's just fat and jolly and turns out yeah. he's actually like really like skinny and pretty and shaped and Whoever heard of a
0: skinny Santa.
1: <laughs> and so he's like skinny living the life the whole, you know, half the year and then, you know, 2 months before he has to plump up.
0: <laughs> kind of a sham. I hope we don't get a lot of hate mail from this. I mean, I just we just want people to know that this is really lighthearted and we're not like really
1: Like Mason was saying, there over the years, there's been a number of changes made to Rudolph. So originally in 1964, it just ended after Rudolph sort of saved the day and you know flew away. There was no resolution about the island of misfit toys. So like nothing ever (laughs) happened to them. He just, (laughs) which is
0: hilarious. That that is the most controversial part of this film. Let me just say that.
1: It's it's hilarious because you know they go and they spend a lot of time on the island of misfit toys and then Rudolph says oh yeah yeah we'll um we'll save you Santa will help and and then he goes away and and then the story never revisits it so apparently the creators got a lot of mail from children who were pretty upset they wondered like what happened to the toys and so the next year they kind of added a new scene and which is the scene that most people are used to. And that includes this um, ending where they go and they pick up the toys and save them. And then they drop them off and give them new homes. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I, I would love to see that original cut and just to see how abrupt it is. It's like, oh, well, OK.
0: <laughs> moon totally
1: like, used you.
0: <laughs> Moonracer's like, <laughs> I know. Moonracer's like, curse you, Claws! <laughs> it sparks the sequel when moon Racer actually uh declares war on the north pole and sends his mutant toys i mean misfit toys sorry sorry uh you know to, to do his bidding there's a big social commentary on war and why i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know if i would have gone for that i, I like i like that they wrap up the misfit toys thing
1: mm-hmm. so um in this newer version they added a new duet which was called fame and fortune
0: um oh, and they
1: kind of replaced that with we're a couple of misfits which is sad cuz i love that um i love we're a couple of misfits personally <laughs> they, they really cut that part out yeah it says uh well
0: not not in the cut that you have on DVD most time. right
1: yeah. no this was when they televised it they had to cut different things because they added that so they had to cut it for time I mean, if you have like the newer DVD you can you can see fame and fortune on there then later another Basically, they've they've made all sorts of changes over the years. Let's just let's just put and it. There's at also that.
0: there's also this deal where Yukon Cornelius finds a peppermint mine.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that's on the version that that's... I watched today. Yeah, that's on that version. So ori- initially, for some of them, they cut out. He's always like sniffing around and licking things, and then they cut out the scene
0: where he, he's actually. <laughs> well, don't say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> he is. <laughs> no he doesn't he takes the pickaxe and he throws it up in the air and then he he licks it and then he's like nothing you know so he's just trying to find silver and gold by taste like not by a because he he knows the taste he's not just you that yukon cornelius goes around (laughs) sniffing and licking
1: okay whatever he's more of an animal than i am (laughs) Uh, more animal than his dogs. Okay, so, uh, correct. We think in, in some of these cuts that he's just sniffing and, and licking it for the taste of silver and gold. But in the scene that was cut out at the very end, he actually is has this whole time has been searching for this lost peppermint mine. And so that's why he keeps licking it. And so then we're kind of filled in as the audience and we oh, that's what that weird stuff was all about. But, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, out of all the weird people, I think Yukon Cornelius is the weirdest. Oh, I think we can all agree that there's some funny stuff going on around here at the North Pole. You know, Santa is not really fat until like the last five minutes before he gets on the sleigh. You know, his, his wife seems to be running the whole show. There's strange labor relations going on. <laughs> um,
1: can I talk about the Christmas tree forest at the very beginning I think it's charming. It's just so simple, and the trees are made out of felt. And I love that the trees are all completely decorated already with silver and gold and tinsel and, and Christmas
0: ornaments. Well, the forest, cr- the forest critters do that.
1: I know. I love it. I want to visit that Christmas tree forest. I think it's fantastic.
0: Yeah. And yeah.
2: I want critters to decorate my tree for and me. And
1: can I just say, Christmas seals, hello.
0: Oh, that's, a, yeah, that's adorable. That's the most random the part. Seals. He's
1: like, here we have the Christmas trees and Christmas seals. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> that's new. I, I, that's not what I associate with Christmas, but <laughs> rock on.
0: Well, I love how this is. This was kind of like not far into the whole imagination and animation thing. You know, and Burl, Burl Eyes becomes this, he's uh, Sam the Snowman, I think he's called. You know, and he's like, well, I bet you've never seen a, a talking talking snowman before <laughs> you know it's like okay so sometime in 1964 there were kids that were just like ha- having their minds blown by this talking snowman in front of them you know nowadays <laughs> it's just like yeah you know
1: par for the course you know, we we have
0: yeah you know we have the hobbit you know and all those amazing you know amazing special effects and, and stuff but you know back then it was if if you could get a snowman to talk to little kids that was like the biggest deal <laughs>
1: Um. Okay. So then we go into the storyline of Herbie, and I think Herbie's so cute. <laughs> Notice he's the only elf, like the young elf with hair and any sort of like distinguishing like personality like and, and look. Features, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and I love his little blonde swoopy hairstyle. I think he's just adorable.
0: <laughs> very, very Kristoff.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> he's like disillusioned. Is it? It's like a classic, like what if kind of premise for animation, like disillusioned like, guy who's supposed to do one thing and he wants to do another thing, so he goes off and follows his dreams, you know?
1: Yeah. Like, not happy in my work, I guess. Like, <laughs> completely honest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So after this, we go back to Rudolph and, um, Rudolph's dad is trying to put that nose on him and he's like, it's not comfortable. He's like, there are more important things than I comfort. Don't wanna. Self-respect!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't wanna. You'll wear it and like it! <laughs> Donner's pretty hard on him you know but at least he at least he's like hey we can we can solve this problem you know and we can make this work now go out there and play with the other kids you know and he's like my name's Fireball he like meets Fireball and I'm like oh did your did your cousin Nimbus 2000 not make it um <laughs> I was like Who, what kind of name is Fireball anyway um
1: well don't you think he's like the son of Comet maybe
0: the son of Comet oh uh, Fireball oh yeah that that might work you know, they don't get into the Why Donner? Why is Donner Rudolph's father? Why not? <laughs> what about Blitzen? Blitzen's too into football. Um, <laughs> let's see. And his wife is just kind of like, well, his wife's okay.
1: She's nice. She's like your wife, typical mom who loves her child and respects him and just wants the best and sees yeah, past the, any imperfections.
0: Who's the girl reindeer? Clarice. Yeah, Clarice. Hello, Clarice. Um, you know when the whole Rudolph thing goes down and he's lost, like at least Donner goes out and looks looks for him. He's not like, well, should have listened to me. You know, mm-hmm. maybe he'll go join the island of misfit toys, and then they want to go with him. And he's like, no, this is men's work.
1: Oh, I know. I was like,
0: you rock, Donner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Like, what a caveman. Very you know. <laughs> no, what a caveman.
1: He even mm. says it like a caveman. It's like...
0: There, our, no, no, we can... Seriously, we've got a tracking device on him and we, we when he was born, and we can just Google it. No, this is men's work. Where's my <laughs> shotgun? <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, have somebody seen my pickaxe?
1: So um, Cornelius, we meet him because the... The two misfits meet each other. Well, we totally, so the reindeer games, we didn't even really talk about that. There's Fireball, and then um, Rudolph meets Clarice, and he gets all s- excited. And oh my gosh, Rudolph is such a dork. She
2: said, she I'm, thinks cute. I'm cute!
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. She
2: thinks I'm cute! Okay, <laughs> the voice actor for Clarice is like, she sounds, she's... She's got to be, like, 50 years old or something. I mean, it's just very mature sounding. And she's like, any doe would be so happy to be with you. I'm like, what? Yeah, and he sounds like he's 12.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. So, anyways, they, they go, and um, he gets kicked out of the reindeer games for good. But she's, like, a sweetheart. and She doesn't care. She's like, there's
0: always. Yeah, it's is... tomorrow. I, I used to have a problem with "there's always tomorrow." You know, I th- at first I thought it was a song about procrastination. You know? <laughs> daughter's like, "Hey, son, I really need you to mow the lawn outside." Ruff's like, "There's always tomorrow." <laughs> oh, dang it!
1: I don't know. This is like kind of a love song between the two. It's to me, it's it's kind of a throwaway, boring song, much like in Robin Hood, love. It's kind of one of those songs that you fast forward when you're a little. You're like, eh, yeah, right. That's always tomorrow.
0: <laughs> you know, there's always that song. You know, Muppet Christmas Carol has uh, "When Love Is Gone." A lot of the um, pay-per-view versions of it that you can that you can watch, they just cut it out, which is very merciful of them, very nice of them.
1: <laughs> so then the misfits say, eh, "Forget it. We're going. We'll go off by ourselves where we can be accepted and loved." And then they meet up with Cornelius. Oh,
0: my gosh. And and all their problems start. Oh, All their their real trouble starts now. (laughs) They really should have just, like, put him away silently. I'm just kidding. For one, I love this guy because um, there's a dachshund pulling his sled.
1: Do you know what (laughs) other dogs are pulling his sled?
0: Oh, oh, I bet there's probably, like, a terrier or, like, a husky or maybe. I don't know.
1: There's a cocker spaniel, a poodle, a St. Bernard, which is expected, a collie, and a toxin. Oh, <laughs> it's like, I don't know where you got this band of misfit dogs, but...
0: From the island of misfit dogs, of course. Yeah,
1: of course. Why didn't I think of that?
0: Yukon Cornelius has some of the best lines, and I love that they found someone to kind of foil on, on Herbie, you know? <laughs> Boy, this fog is as, as thick as peanut butter. You mean pea soup. You eat what I like. You like, and I eat what I like. Oh yeah, that's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> Yahoo! I love when he they crash on the iceberg. He's like land ho! And Herbie's just like no kidding.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's like the he's the um like the outgoing eccentric friend, and Herbie is the introvert, uh, very serious, matter of fact, no jokes.
0: <laughs> classic, classic.
1: Becoming a dentist.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know you're right. I haven't met that many goofy dentists, you know. They should do a goofy uh goofy how-to short on how to be a dentist.
1: Oh. oh that, that would I that would not for
0: well. <laughs> I fear the worst.
1: Um so then they reach the Island of Misfit Toys, which okay, when they first arrive and then they look up at the castle, the castle is so rudimentary. It's like I, I know this was 1964,
2: but it, it looks really pathetic, like, the way it was constructed. <laughs> it it kind of looks like toilet paper rolls yes! with, like, yeah. so, like cylinders on top. Yes.
0: Hey, I don't know. <laughs>
2: and then this um, King Moonraiser, oh my gosh,
1: what a pimp. <laughs> he's like, are you, what are you talking about? He's, he's a griffin, like, a huge griffin with a crown a who just he's flies around the who... sky. He's awesome.
0: Okay, for I didn't know it was Moon Racer. I thought it was Moon Razor.
1: Moon, you know, like shave with a razor. Well, it's Moon R A I S E R. So maybe just different pronunciations.
0: Well, hold on. I've seen on other websites where it's Racer. Well, R A C E R. According
1: to work what, what-
0: Oh, okay. well, according to IMDb,
1: uh, I think you're right. I think it is Moon Racer. I think I just... both
0: are made by you. Both are edited by users. So I, don't...
1: I think I typed it in wrong.
0: <laughs> but now everyone knows that we get our facts from IMDb and, and Wikipedia.
1: <laughs> well, no, not always. We get them from the bonus features and the books and secret yeah, stuff. But for this one, we this is all we got.
0: <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. OK, so Moon um, Racer. Yes. But Moonraiser sounds cool. I mean, that sounds like a Transformer name, (laughs) you know. But Moonracer is like, okay, so you're racing the moon. Like, depending on where you, how close you are to Earth, that could be either really hard or really easy. But anyway, um,
1: I love how that's
0: cool. He's a king. Is is he? What is he? He's not a griffin because a griffin has a bird's head. Oh, I think he'd be a chimera. A chimera has a snake tail. You know, maybe he's like a self-aware chimera who's like killed off the other heads, animal heads, so he's the dominant head. <laughs> Boy, that's bad. Eh? <laughs>
2: um, I just the only oh. thing that I can think of when I saw him was Chronicles of Narnia.
0: You mean? Just well, uh, of um, has. Well, they made an entire James Bond movie out of his brother, Moonraker. <laughs> you know, so
1: he's so mean because they walk up and they're like, "We're misfits too." And he's like, "No, this is only for toys." You can stay the night and then leave. But he didn't say it I that way.
0: I said you could but, stay. That but, does not make you my son. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so immediately we U-turn and Rudolph and gang, they go back home. This is very much like Simba in Lion King, where he runs away. He realizes that he's actually needed back at home, comes of age, and then returns home. So I'm saying that uh, maybe there's a little inspiration. Just saying. But, okay, this is what I don't get. Like, then he comes home and there's like this one of his teenage reindeer friends, like, has this New York accent. It's really bizarre.
0: Oh, yeah, that one random one. Yeah. Yo, Rudolph! Yeah. (laughs) Rudolph, do not eat the yellow snowman. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Yeah, I forgot about that one kid. We're forgetting one very important character. Who is? The abominable snowman who has been chasing them this whole time, who's like as big as a mountain when they first see him. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like climbing
2: was, over the mountain like that.
0: <laughs> am I the only person who was scared shrekless from by the abominable snowman? He was like how loud he was and how like crazy he looked and how like he want, just wanted to eat him. What kind of monster just stalks a, a skin and bones reindeer? A tiny elf, and well, uh, Cornelius probably has some meat on him. What a monster! And then even even Sam the Snowman is like, ooh, I can't even watch. And I'm the I'm the I'm the narrator. But I forgot about like kind of the pseudo pseudo climax of the of the film. Before they even get back to the North Pole, they have this like big thing, you know. And then Yukon Cornelius just like goes Hulk on on the bottle snowman and just like pushes him off a mountain, you know. I just think there's something that needs to be said about the bottle snowman. Uh, Herbie should be a dentist. Like he took those teeth out, like. Almost too quick. It was almost sinister how he did it. <laughs> and then I just like the uh, he he has to act like, like a pig. Put
2: your soul into <laughs> it. Have <laughs> <I forgot> to <laughs> say that. Don't okay, get some feelings. Some
0: feelings. <laughs> <laughs> oink, 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 oink.
1: Ah, best pig impression in a movie ever
0: goes to Harvey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so very quickly this resolves and everyone sort of forgives each other rudolph Everyone they...
0: forgives rudolph for running off
1: yeah and they realize oh your nose is actually really helpful we like you now it's cool we're all over it yeah it's good yeah his dad's cool and santa's cool again and it's it's just really bizarre how it just like quickly wraps up after this 180
0: <laughs> well there's no real antagonist in this film besides the besides bumble
1: uh, f-
0: but then he uh but then he comes back and even he has a purpose
1: yeah, so he comes back, and, and basically his only purpose is he wants to help out. And they're, looky what he can do. And he puts the star up at the very top. And it's just like, all right, well, so that, we're done with your needs. So see you next year.
0: Yeah, Santa, <laughs> Santa's like, as soon as he steps out of the city limits, I'm going to put that thing down. <laughs> Grab my blunder bus and just put that thing down. <laughs> oh, he has killed too many of my reindeer.
1: Rudolph, uncut.
2: <laughs>
0: uncut directed by quentin tarantino i like
2: the part right before they right after bumble falls to his seemingly um imminent death like, everyone's all sad but but then aurora ives comes in and says but they knew the most important thing was to get the women back to the christmas town I'm like,
0: <laughs> yep <laughs> uh, shoot we ought to get these women folk out of this danger zone <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, so fair, I mean very old fashioned this movie, but I mean you gotta love it for that. <laughs> you know, Santa's just like cool about this and he's like, Well, solves all my problems, I'm gonna hop on that sleigh. You know, <laughs> so I got I got more Coca-Cola to sell. What else happens? Oh yeah, the the Misfit toys get Redemption. Get, um they're they're redeemed.
1: So which of the Misfit toys would you want?
0: Oh, dude. Charlie in the box, duh. No one wants a Charlie in the box.
1: I want the cowboy on the ostrich. That's awesome! You get two toys.
0: You're so, you're so economical. Double
1: prizes! I'm like, what's the way I can maximize my happiness and dollar value? Well,
0: way to go, business major. <laughs> well, a boat that stays afloat is no good to me. Um, I like the elephant with the with the polka dots, unless the polka dots are indicative of the plague, um, or like <laughs> you know, or some sort of venereal disease, in which case I would stay away from the elephant.
2: Yeah, but uh, the elephant's sure. pretty
0: cute i would take the doll in you know
2: she still has a lot of emotional baggage she may be complaining too much
0: when Rachel's like dude you do not want her like like the person who owned her before still has like scars and stuff and i'm just kidding oh <laughs> I, th- I wonder if the whole chucky thing kind of stemmed off from this one little doll oh you know often i miss the Misfit toys whatever happened to the girl that they gave her to <sighs> but anyway um but yeah, uh, so the Misfit Toys, so what does King, uh, what is King uh, Moonraiser do?
1: Well, now he has no one to be his, you know, to rule what?
0: over. No Unless... Misfit Toys for King Moonraiser.
1: Yeah, but maybe that's his job, Is he? because that's what he does <laughs> at night. He he flies over the world and he collects those toys, so he just needs to create a new stockpile, just like Santa needs to create a new batch of toys. And then at the end of the year, you know, Rudolph and the gang will pick them up and drop them off.
0: It's a good system. It is a good system. Outsourcing the problem, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like Goodwill, basically. So um, one of our writers, Eric, he asked if this movie was pro-bullying. Uh,
0: pro-bullying? So, oh, I,
1: and, and I... Yes?
0: What's your point? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well,
1: yes, there is bullying in it, but I don't think this movie promotes bullying in any way. If anything, it's it's a movie against oh. bullying. For I mean, I mean, there's no retribution for the bullies. They nothing happens to them even rudolph's dad who and, and santa who are the bullies i wouldn't say it's pro bully but it definitely has bullying elements and which aren't quite ever resolved appropriately
0: yeah i wouldn't say bullying but i would say the unfairness uh, of donner and santa towards rudolph was not demonized and not nearly enough as that kind of behavior is in today yeah you know yeah like, it was just like it was almost like a fact of life kind of thing it was like rudolph was different so he got picked on
1: well and that's you know? in the song that's what it's all about like it's just very straightforward like hey he looks kind of weird people made fun of him and so they had to include those elements somehow well, um, that
0: one reindeer olive like what a jerk he used to laugh and call him names <laughs> olive the other reindeer yes. you know they did it you, you know they did an animated movie called olive the other reindeer
1: and wasn't a drew barrymore the voice
0: what? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It, yeah, it's all of the other. It's a uh, she's a, a deer named Olive and she hears the song and is like, hey, my name's Olive. I'm in the song. So I'm destined to be one of the reindeer. And so she like goes on this journey to find the North Pole. I, I don't know. Get it. I don't know what happens. In all the end, of
1: I the other reindeer. reindeer. Get it.
0: So, yeah, that was that was kind of weird. But anyway, uh, yeah, so it, it is based on the song. So, uh, you know, I just think the whole thing's funny. <laughs> how much of a jerk Drew's own father is to us <laughs> you this know. whole
2: conversation has really changed the way I look at this movie
0: oh <laughs> uh, we don't want to ruin it for anyone I mean I will always love this film no matter what I know right I hope our listeners feel the same way but like I don't know we're just kind of laughing about how like kind of goofy these things are you know because yeah. it is old fashioned it's from back in the day you know
1: it's a classic it is
0: classic
1: okay so we asked a question on twitter to our listeners asking them for their favorite quote from the movie and here are the responses mason do you want to click them and and do them in your voices
0: oh you think i can just do my voices uh,
1: yes i do on I call
0: summoned like some mongrel pup that's um, monkey dance that was davy jones from pirates 3 anyway okay so recording our christmas episode on rudolph the red-nosed reindeer what is your favorite quote uh blake taylor uh a rotoscopers classic says the taskmaster the boss elf you know he's like oh now you learn to go hee hee and ho ho and important stuff like that a dentist good grief <laughs> <laughs> uh aaron their quote is from uh yukon cornelius how do you like that even among misfits you're misfits. <laughs> And then uh, Jordan M. Uh, another Yukon. You see, Yukon Cornelius has the best quotes. Uh, it says, uh, observe the Bumble's one weakness. The Bumble sinks. Ha ha. You know, when um, Vomitable Snowman tries to get in the icy water, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: And he sinks down them. to the bottom. I love the effect <laughs> of that. Take
0: off those iron boots, buddy.
1: <laughs> I love the effect of how they do water in stop motion films. I think sometimes they it looks really realistic. Other times, as in
2: this, it... it Really doesn't look much of anything at all, but it's still fun. It looks kind of like a saline, like finish, like I don't know, some type of like a, a piece of saran wrap. <laughs> a little, yeah. It really does look like that, and it doesn't bother me at all. Like, like we were talking about before, there's so much nostalgia to this that you don't care what it looks oh, like. Yeah. Totally. And you don't yeah. care what the people are saying. You don't care about the fact that everybody's a jerk. <laughs> it's just, it's just how it is, and you like it for whatever reason. As we were just talking about before, it's just so classic.
0: Yeah, yeah. And there are some really cool technical stuff about this. You know how uh, when we saw like the making of stuff for the Leica, uh, for box trolls, and then for like other Leica stuff, and the models are actually like pretty tall.
2: Yeah.
0: Young Rudolph was only four inches tall so like about the size of your hand and wow. santa was like a good eight inches tall and then each of the puppets are back in 64 they originally cost about five thousand dollars each which is Ooh, pretty crazy
1: yeah that's intense yeah
0: but yeah so a little just a little technical stuff i really love you con cornelius and then going back to the water i think it's interesting to watch how studios make stop-motion water mm-hmm. i would just i would just use water i'm just kidding <laughs> why not just use real water they yeah.
2: Okay, so what do you guys rate this movie?
0: Oh, I give it four and a half stars. It's one of my favorites of all time.
2: I give it four stars. I mean, it's one of those things that you almost can't rate it because it's so much nostalgia. Yeah, it's still really good. I like it. I give it four stars. I'm going to give it four and a half stars. I think this is one of the
1: best Christmas specials out there. It's very classic and definitely memorable. The characters in the stop motion, I think, are absolutely charming. And I love them, and I'm giving it four and a half stars. We do
0: a special job each year. We don't like to brag. Christmas Eve, we always tell Santa's bag. Santa knows who's good. Do the things you should. And we bet you he won't forget you. We are Santa's
1: elves. Let's Meryl do it. Banks. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so we are going to move into the mailbag segment. Um, the first one is from Steve. Says, Hey, rotoscopers, first off, I love your podcast. Your discussions are very informative and very enjoyable to listen to. I was wondering if any of you guys have seen the 1997 WB film Cats Don't Dance a completely underrated animated film it's a wonderful movie with hilarious characters the animation is fantastic the story is silly and the songs are superb if you guys haven't seen it you must it's a must see I think you guys should come should cover this movie in one of your podcasts personally for me the movie is one of my childhood favorites as a male reaching his 30s I always end up re-watching this movie along with the other classic Disney Pixar WB and Don Bluth films keep the podcast coming. I always anxiously wait for the new next episode. Regards, Stephen Loves Animation. P.S. At some point, we should start picketing the Disney Animation Studios for them to release the long overdue Mickey Mouse film. We can all wear Mickey ears to show that we mean business. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. You know, I've heard of Cats Don't Dance, but I've never heard such high praise of it. And I'm actually really interested to watch this movie now based on this... Like how passionate he is about it. You know what I mean?
2: I have not heard a single thing about it, but I want to watch it. Oh, nice.
1: (laughs) Our next door neighbor, she like gave us all her toys because I have nieces and nephews who come over and she she doesn't anymore. And Cats Don't Dance was one of the toys and movies that she gave us. So I have access to it.
2: So I'll definitely report back. (laughs) Yes, please
0: do. Yeah, we'll have to check it out.
2: Hi, guys. I'm a student from Germany, and I just wanted to let you know that I love your podcast and everything else you're doing. I basically spent the last days listening to Nerdy Couch discussions and movie reviews. You're making up for the friend that I never had who loves animation as much as I do. So keep up the great work. Here's a link to the blog of Andreas Deja. He's animated Scar, Lilo, Jafar and many other Disney characters which he talks about rotoscoping. I thought it was really interesting and instantly had to think of you. Best wishes, Suzanne. Thank you Suzanne. We love Andreas Deja and that blog is really fantastic.
1: Yeah, I love that blog because he when he worked at Disney had access to the vaults and a lot of the 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 archives, excuse me, the Disney archives where he could go down and look at the original cells and um, different character designs and whatnot what and so he would take them and he would scan them and he'd post them to his blog so his blog is really a treasure trove of information especially since he knew and worked under some of the great disney legends he, he shares stories about their insights into creating certain characters and questions that he asks so definitely check out his blog because it's if you're an animation fan and you love anything behind the scenes about the making of these characters and films this is definitely somewhere you want to bookmark
0: All right. This one is from Mandy. She says, hello, Rotoscopers. First of all, I discovered you around Halloween and have been binge listening to all the podcasts while packing and moving into a new house. Binge listening. Who would have thought our podcasts? So thank you for the company. It is much appreciated. Well, we appreciate your support just had a funny story about two movies you haven't reviewed yet and wondered if you had any opinions. Once upon a time, I bought Cats Don't Dance to show my (laughs) sister-in-law what a fantastic film it is. Well, again, Cats Don't Dance. Uh, The only DVD available to purchase, however, was a double feature with Quest for Camelot, which I had never seen. Since it was packed with the obviously wonderful Cats Don't Dance, I assumed it would also be a quality film and decided what the heck to watch that with her first. I absolutely lost all movie credit at that point. OMG, I still can't believe what a terrible film that
2: was. <laughs> it did have a really good song, though.
0: Please, let me finish. Oh. It was made even more awkward when they burst out into The Prayer, which, as <laughs> voice majors, we were very familiar with and startled to hear. <laughs> she still refuses to watch Catstone Dance because she thinks it will also be that bad, you know, because it was in the box set. <laughs> have- Mandy asks, have any of you seen either of these and what's your take on them? Love the show. Smiley face. Feels like we were friends already somehow. Oh, well, first of all, Mandy, thank you for your support and for listening. And that is an absolutely hilarious story about the box set and how the curse of Quest for Camelot and how Catstone Dance was like just as bad as Quest for Camelot by association. You know, geographical association that's pretty funny uh i haven't seen quest for camelot i probably did when i was like a little kid but i don't remember it and then boy cats don't dance like everyone's mentioning it in their mail we're gonna have to watch it
1: (laughs) um i'm totally up for doing that first movie of 2014 Okay. I'm like really intrigued with this movie because everyone is, I mean, when you look at the cover of this movie, you think, no, Mm, this is made in the 90s by a studio I don't know. I don't know that studio. (laughs) So yeah, I I think this is going to happen, guys.
0: (laughs) Start the year off with a meow.
1: Hi, Rotoscopers. Even though the movie Saving Mr. Banks, which is about the untold story of how Mary Poppins became a movie, isn't animated, I think you guys should talk about it. I just saw the trailer, and I think Tom Hanks will do a really good job portraying Walt Disney, especially with the way Disney really cared about each of the projects he took on during his lifetime. Watch the trailer to see what I mean. On a different note, I think the other films you should discuss are Sleeping Beauty, maybe Sword in the Stone, and perhaps Monsters, Inc., or one of the Rescuers movies. You guys do a great job on being professional podcast hosts as well as comical. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Zach. So we talked a little bit about Saving Mr. Banks in our other episode, our Mary Poppins episode. So you can find our mini discussion about, this is well, this is before Saving Mr. Banks came out. We talk about it, but that's rotoscopers.com slash 54. I actually have seen Saving Mr. Banks. By the time this episode comes out, Saving Mr. Banks will be released uh, nationwide in U.S. theaters, so I feel okay talking about it, but I loved Saving Mr. Banks. I thought it was one of the best movies that I've seen all year, whether live action or not. It's, it's just a, such a fantastic movie. It does a great job balancing very serious heavy elements of of the plot with more comical funny um really does a great job with both of that you really begin to care for pl travers and as we get to see uncover the layers of her and her story so um definitely mary poppin fans and disney fans need to check it out because it is a beautiful film
0: cool um uh, let's see can i do this one by david raymore sure He says, comment, I just listened to your recent podcast on the movie review of The Incredibles. And I need to point out an error. Oh, I love these. (laughs) One of the rotoscopers said that this movie is not available on Blu-ray. This is incorrect since the Blu-ray was released in 2011 and I purchased one. Prove it, David. I'm just kidding. I thought you need to know uh, and let the listeners know that they can purchase this Blu-ray on Amazon.com or other retailers. Hey, I've got an idea, David. Why not through our Amazon.com affiliate link? Then we all win. (laughs) <laughs> try to be a team player here i'm just kidding yeah
2: you are uh, on like a very d- antagonistic <laughs> <laughs> uh, <first, okay. laughs>
0: well no i i love it when listeners point out errors because it means that they they care about animation as much as we do and it, it helps everyone so uh, i like it i'm glad that our listeners are as passionate as we are Uh, He he continues by saying, I did enjoy listening to your review because I really like this movie. My favorite character in this movie is Edna Mode. Very, very good taste. My least favorite character is Buddy Slash Syndrome. Poor taste, David. What's up with that? I found him to be annoying and irritating. At least he died in the end. Very good point. Uh, David continues by saying, I wish Brad Bird would reconsider in making a sequel. Maybe in a few years he can di- uh, direct and write a fantastic script with another great story about these wonderful characters. I totally agree, David. Keep up the great work, and I look forward to your for your next review of animated films. Sincerely, David Raymore from Seattle. <laughs> I totally agree. There needs to be a sequel. Yes sequel cool, sequel cool, sequel cool. sequel cool, sequel cool. and thanks for pointing out that we can all we can get the incredibles on blu-ray i don't know um, why
1: i said that because you can buy all the pixar films on blu-ray i don't know why i was thinking that incredibles the best movie ever was the sole one
0: <laughs> yeah well that was there was that time when we got ned Beatty's name wrong and i think i still got it wrong just now <laughs> Gosh, I don't even know. But anyway, uh, David, thank you for your awesome, uh, awesome mail. And uh, and thanks for pointing out our mistakes so we can improve and, and always make this show the best that it can be.
2: All right, Melissa K, age fourteen, says, "Okay, so I remember way back when, during the Anastasia episode, you guys mentioned the hate mail you guys got regarding the name Eat the rotoscopers. Oh, yes, we remember that. <laughs> <laughs> it is still part of our internal canon of inside jokes. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> do, do, the, do the rotoscopers forgive? Yes, but do they forget? No, because it's just hilarious. Some of these things.
2: <laughs> oh, and why?" it is dumb and how rotoscoping is a terrible way of animation, but people fail to realize that Peter Pan, a beloved animated movie, was made by rotoscope. So was Sleeping Beauty, Alice in Wonderland, as was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, the first full-length animated movie. Just felt like sharing some things I found through the researching of entertainment. Hope you are well, Melissa Kay.
0: Oh, Melissa, thanks for defending us. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you very much. We never thought rotoscoping was dumb, but... (laughs) (laughs) We're glad someone else feels the same way.
1: Here, Here's, here's two little short ones we can read.
0: Ah, here's a, here's a quickie from Whitney Grace. She says, Hi, Rotoscopers. How do you guys feel about the Muppets? Well, I have said on almost every episode how much I love the Muppets. I don't know if she's asking if we like them or if we consider them animation. I don't know. I would love for, like, puppet motion and suit suit motion to be considered animation uh just so i could review godzilla but i think the muppets are animated characters enough to be considered animation but uh whether you consider them animation or not i love them like the muppets are amazing
2: they're pretty cartoony so that's kind of how i clump them in (laughs)
0: like i've I've never there aren't that many uh like entertainment phenomena that are as positive as the muppets the whole message mm-hmm. of the Muppets is like, hey, we're kind of a bunch of freaks, but we all kind of make it together. Yeah. And, and we enjoy life. And uh, you can toss around a lot of weird conspiracy theories about that they're, you know, about political stuff or whatever. But to me, the Muppets are just the Muppets and they're awesome and they're fun. And just, just the fact that um, Jim Henson created a cast of characters that are so diverse and so quirky, but yet so like uh, consistent with their personalities. That's like a stroke of genius. I don't think anyone can ever talk Kermit the Frog as just like a super lovable frog. I don't know. I'm super excited. I didn't see uh, I think Lady Gaga's doing hosting a Christmas special with the Muppets.
1: Thanksgiving.
0: Thanksgiving. Sorry. That means I missed it.
1: Me too. <laughs> but I'm I'm
0: Oh, I'm surprised with you, Morgan. I don't um know. But I'm uh, I'm super excited for Muppets Most Wanted. I think the premise is really funny. I think Tina Fey is going to be in it, and some other people. And I really loved the recent Muppet movie. Like I was way into it. I thought it was awesome.
1: I never saw it. I really need to. I'm embarrassed. Oh, you to really say it. you
0: you haven't seen it? I'm embarrassed. Oh to my say gosh, that I it's awesome. Seen it. I know. I'm oh, little... you gotta watch it. It was really something. It has a ton of stars in it, and it's it's really funny. It's, it plays just like the old Muppet movies. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I feel about the Muppets, Whitney. I don't know about you guys, Chelsea, Morgan.
1: No, everything you just said. I, I think they're a special case whether they should be considered animation. Obviously, they're not animation in the traditional sense, but it is a way, like Mason has mentioned in prior discussions, of recreating life. Um, without actually doing it being a human. I guess you're using an inanimate object to, to create this illusion of life. So I think it's a uh, honorable mention for animation. And so don't be surprised if you see some Uh, Muppet interviews on our upcoming and new interview podcast. Speaking of, that was Whitney Grace, and she is going to be one of the new hosts who's going to be doing interviews for this interview-only podcast. It's going to be called Animation Interviews. Uh, Very simple, very easy, so you can just Google it and you'll find it. Um, You you can go to animationinterviews.com and it will take you to just, uh, basically it'll take you to our page, but like a dedicated page for those interviews. And it's going to be great, and I know she does does have a few Muppet things lined up. So if you're a Muppets fan, get ready because it's going to be fun. Hey, Rotoscopers thinking about this little Twitter session with clay makes me want to hear an interview of him by you guys. So let me, let me break. Um, We were discussing back and forth um, about, Clay Cadis, who recently had left Disney Animation Studios, and that was kind of a big deal. Um, and so I'll read the rest of her email and then I'll talk. Uh, he's entering into some super secret animation project, and maybe you can talk to him about this and his career at Disney. He has some great takes on animation in general. I would love it. Thank you for your show, and please keep it up. Jessica Worski. Okay, so Jessica is a writer for Animation Fascination. And she wrote some really fantastic articles over there. But since she sent this email, we have some news. Clay Cadis is actually going to be directing the... Angry Birds movie with Fergal Riley, So Angry Birds, super big deal. And I'm really, yeah. really excited oh. for him because he's been working at Walt Disney Animation Studios since um, I think Pocahontas was the first thing that he was on. And he definitely climbed the ranks. He's the, the one who created the famous animation, the original animation podcast where it was interviews with animation greats. So it would definitely be like uh, flipping things on its head for us to interview him uh, and I would love that. So we'll definitely try and reach out and maybe get to talk to him about his career and and maybe give us a little snippet about Angry Birds.
0: How, I, my only question is, how angry are the birds actually going to be in this film?
1: Oh, more angry than be, we've that, ever that might, seen a bird.
0: Angrier, birdier, Angry Birds. I'm just kidding. I, I, if Fergal Riley is involved in this film, then it's probably it's probably going to be pretty well done. <laughs> But Yeah. Um, cool.
2: All right. This came out a couple months ago. So this is from Juliana. Hey, Rotoscopers. Love everything you guys do. I can't wait for your frozen review podcast. Um, by the way, that's already out. Yay. That was two hours of frozen goodness. I was listening to your Incredibles podcast and had a thought. Would love to hear what you guys think. What happened to all the supervillains? Bomb Voyage, for example. Did they continue to cause mayhem, or did they just give up and retire because they were bored the Supers weren't around to give them a challenge? Thanks. Have a great frozenber, Julianne. P.S. I'm Team Elsa too, Morgan. Excellent. <laughs> I actually brought this up in that episode. You did? I
0: did. <laughs> Mason well, we made, a- we made a joke about it.
2: <laughs> Mason had a great comeback. <laughs> What'd he say?
0: Oh, I just made the comment that, yeah, that makes perfect sense. You know, you outlaw the things that are supposed to protect us, and now uh, bad guys just magically disappear. Um, I think that's ludicrous. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, that's like the one of the big mysteries, like why there are no supervillains in The Incredibles besides Syndrome. Like, was it like a time of peace? Was the military keeping the villains away? I do not buy into the theory that once they outlawed supers, that bad guys just went back into their holes and we're good for now on. Maybe it was this weird thing, like kind of the Joker Batman thing where it's like, they feel like they can't exist without the other, you know, so mm-hmm. some weird, weird psychological dependence. I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah. And this very last one we're going to do today is from Chad Richardson. He says, Hey, Morgan and Chelsea and Mason, I saw your videos on YouTube and I have to say, I am surprised to see that you are into animation with a passion like I do. Keep it up. Hope you respond. This is us responding. Thanks, Chad. Thank you, Chad.
0: Uh, thank yeah, Muchas gracias.
2: Obrigada. So, guys, thanks
1: for listening to this episode of the Animation Addicts podcast, your favorite place to hear the best animation reviews of films from the past and present. It was a good time we had with the good old Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and gang, including degrading Santa and Rudolph's dad. <laughs> okay,
0: okay, okay. Just a disclaimer here. Like, I have strong opinions. We all have strong opinions on the show, but uh, we never want to be criticizers. We always want to be reviewers and fans, you know. So don't take us seriously if we're like <laughs> being kind of unfair on certain characters. <laughs> Today
2: was just one of those fun days. Yes, definitely. We
0: have a lot of fun on the show, and that's that's pretty much it.
1: So our next episode is actually going to be our best of 2013 episode. So in two weeks, you have about... Oh, I can't wait. I know it's going to be the best. So if there's a certain episode that you listen to on repeat and you have favorite moments, favorite lines, send them in. Go to rotoscopers.com slash voicemail and you can send us a voicemail where we will play your favorite clip on the show. You can also send us an email at therotoscopers at gmail.com. Send them in. We've gotten a lot of really good submissions and they've reminded us of fun moments that we've forgotten ourselves also on that episode we're going to announce the winners of the rotoscopers awards our very first annual these are animation awards voted by you the rotoscopers community you guys get to pick what you think the best animated films characters lines quotes articles podcasts were of 2013 so definitely make sure to vote go to rotoscopers.com awards 2013 And you can vote until basically the end of December. I will close it on December 30th. So make sure to vote before then and send in your voicemail submissions before December 30th. Of course, you can find us on rotoscopers.com. You can find us. That's where you can find our Twitter, Facebook, news articles, Tumblr, everything and everything is there.
0: And as far as social media goes, you can catch us all on Twitter. You can find the lovely Chelsea Robson. At Chelsea Robson on Twitter. Uh, Morgan Stradling, at Morgan Stradling. Myself, my Twitter handle handle is at Mason SMTX. Just think San Marcos, Texas. And you got it. Um, we have a lot of fun interacting with our fans and our writers and also industry pros on Twitter. And so you can uh, get in on all the tweeting action, I guess. Uh, we have our Facebook page. Rotoscopers.com is your awesome go-to source for animation articles opinions and and comments and uh, reviews um, and don't forget our youtube channel is always hopping yo and uh, we have a lot of fun on that too
1: Woohoo! i oh my- love youtube yahoo
0: isn't it great being youtube stars i mean you more than me but oh, far um, from stars <laughs> yeah right what we got a thousand what don't we have a thousand subscribers
2: we um, we're only
1: three awesome. nearly three
0: that's oh my gosh people watch out smosh we're coming for you but uh <laughs> oh, gosh. Out, who is that kid tyler oakley you're, you're going down <laughs> um, but anyway we love doing what we do and we love our fans so thank you so much for all your support and for listening to us of course
1: so until next time we, we are,
0: are the Rotastubbers. Rotastubbers. Let me finish! That will be some
1: great bloopers, trust me.
0: That time Morgan snapped at Mason.
1: I didn't mean it in a
2: mean way. I
0: know, I know, I know you did then. I know you did Sometimes it, I it happens. Oh, now that I'm asking, I have to that...
2: actually watch the Man now. <gasps> hey, you should be excited. I thought you were a fan. I am, I am, but I'm like, I have to. Jesus,
0: poser. <laughs>
2: oh, it's like
1: 30 minutes.
2: I had it on the old VHS. I actually had this on DVD, and it had, to go with it, a documentary making of, as well as my favorite of all, Rudolph R&B Remix from oh, the 90s, with no. Destiny's Child Stop Motion music video. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yikes.
0: The... Oh, I just remember the uh, the, the uh, Claymation Christmas special with the um, California Raisins, uh-huh. who sang this song. Did you ever see that? Uh-uh. Yes. It had that and it had like Carol of the Bells. It was all claymation. I forgot what it's called.
1: I think it's just called Claymation Christmas Celebration, right?
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: <laughs> Why don't you believe in Christmas, Chelsea?
2: <laughs> okay, I'm gonna cut that. Um, <laughs> um
0: You know, uh twenty years from now when we're still doing this podcast, I'm gonna be like Uncle si from <laughs> Duck Dynasty. I'm just gonna be like totally demented. <laughs> Yeah, the rescuers went and got Mulan out of there. And yeah. <laughs> Mason, shut up! Why aren't you even on the show anymore? Good stuff. <laughs>